Welcome to the Covenant People's Ministry. It is written that man does not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God. We invite you to study the scriptures with us to learn about the words of our Savior, Jesus Christ. Our pastor is Mr. Jeremy Visser from Brooks, Georgia. You can contact us with your questions and comments at covenantpeoplesministry.com or simply write to Covenant People's Ministry, Post Office Box 256, Brooks, Georgia, 30205. Our phone number is 404-906-9009. We would like to hear from you, and we pray in the name of Jesus Christ that His will will continue to reign upon us all. Once again, welcome to the Covenant People's Ministry, and here's Pastor Visser with our next Bible study. Hello again, dear friends. This is Pastor Visser from Brooks, Georgia, and the Covenant People's Church. Once again, looking into the concept and the topic of sin. This Sunday morning, dear kinsfolk, we're going to be looking into the book of Proverbs and its teachings on sin. Of course, we know in Christian identity, the definition of sin is given to us by the loving Apostle John. He says in his epistles that all sin is a transgression of Yahweh's law. And so understanding that all sin is a transgression of Yahweh's law, we should understand what the author of Proverbs, who many attribute to Solomon, and even to a lesser degree, his father King David, had to say about the concept of sin. Sin is a very important thing because many people within the land cannot even define it. So, they live a life devoid of understanding. They actually live in sin but at the same time, they will fancy themselves to be lowercase Christians. They play churchianity, and they seemingly have no problem giving a carte blanche excuse for others to sin, because they themselves as man want to play God. They themselves as mankind want to define what is morality outside of Yahweh's word. And so we should understand that the very first dealing with sin, at least according to the book of Proverbs, is found in Proverbs chapter 1. In Proverbs chapter 1, beginning in verse 29, it says as such, For that they hated knowledge and did not choose the fear of Yahweh, they would none of my counsel. They despised all of my reproof. Therefore shall they eat of the fruit of their own way and be filled with their own devices. Now this, my Adamite friend, is a concept that is not far removed from the whole of Scripture. That is, Yahweh God oftentimes will give people over to a reprobate mind because they do not like to retain God in His knowledge. And because He does not, well, God gives them their lowercase reward. This is why Jesus Christ many times would say, Woe unto ye rich, for ye have received your reward. That's not to say that the rich do not receive a reward. That is to say that that's all that they inherit. Those wages of unrighteousness. And as such, Proverbs chapter 1 verse 31 is the first dealing with sin, at least according to the book of Proverbs. And it says, therefore shall they eat of the fruit of their own way. Fruit is a nice way of saying works. They shall be fed with their own works. Not the works according to Yahweh's law, because that would be in keeping with not sinning. That is, if we follow it. It is our faith that moves us to action, and our faith proves that we love Yahweh God. So do not be one of those who want to eat the fruit of your own way, or to be filled 
with your own devices. Why? Well, the next verse, that is Proverbs chapter 1, verse 32. For the turning away of the simple shall slay them, and the prosperity of fools shall destroy them. This is why the fool says in his heart, there is no God. They look around at the world and they cannot see God anywhere. And as such, if they cannot see God, who's so blatantly apparent, so blatantly obvious to his own sons and daughters, they're simply no good to the rest of Israel. And so, the very next dealing with the concept of sin in the book of Proverbs is found in Proverbs chapter 3. And in Proverbs chapter 3, beginning in verse 33, it says as such, The curse of Yahweh is in the house of the wicked. But he blesses the habitation of the just. Now stopping right there before continuing, understand this. Yahweh God loves those who are upright. Those who are quote unquote righteous. Those who strive to follow his law. And to define their morality as per the words of God in his word and in his law. That is Leviticus, Deuteronomy. Technically that is Genesis all the way to Revelation. So the curse of Yahweh is in the house of the wicked. Yahweh God does not suffer fools. And as such, the wicked down here, they may boast. They may be arrogant. They may even be lifted up within their own self-righteousness and their own self-aggrandizement. But that does not change the fact that the curses of Yahweh God are in their houses, within their dwellings, within their very life. And it should stand to reason because Yahweh God time and time again within His Word would say, If you obey me, then I will bless you. If you do it my way. For example, when you go into the land of Canaan or whatsoever land thou possesses, including Australia and America, if you do it my way, the way that it is written, then I will bless you amply. And we've seen through history that every time the children of Israel do it Yahweh's way, well, we are blessed with much cattle, with much inheritance, with even financial gain. But if we do not, God says He will add us to the plagues in this book. He says that He will add us to the consequences of our, what? Sin. And that's exactly what we're discussing this morning. So continuing on in Proverbs chapter 3, verse 34. Surely he scorneth the scorners, but he gives grace to the lowly. Verse 35. The wise shall inherit glory, but shame shall be the promotion of fools. Understand that. Only the wise, those who truly have understanding and wisdom from Yahweh's word, well, they are the only ones that will inherit glory. That is the kingdom. That is their Shekinah glory, their initial state that they were with Yahweh God in Eden and paradise. Not so with the wicked. Why? Because the wicked are considered fools. And the author of Proverbs here in chapter 3 says that those fools, well, they inherit shame. That is all they receive. Of course, we know in other places, including this very same book, that many people despise instruction. They themselves are fools. But that does not change the fact that in judgment, when every knee bows, they'll turn to themselves and turn to Yahweh God and say, My, how I've despised instruction, how I've hated reproof. Many people out there profess to be Christians, but they live sin-filled lives, even more so, oftentimes, than the Pharisees that Jesus Christ dealt with. Each and every one of us has the propensity to want to play God, that is, judge. Oftentimes, we even become like Satan, who is the accuser of our brethren. We accuse each other and one another with pejoratives, with labels, with titles. We add to their words. We take away from them. 
And oftentimes we just simply attack our own straw man. But what is that? The shame, which is the promotion of fools. The shame that is reserved, if you will, for each and every one of us who do not do it God's way. God says, judge not lest ye be judged. God says, do not play judge. You may exercise a sentence on somebody, for example, as per Yahweh's law, but you yourselves cannot judge. That is the position of Yahweh God. Only He can say whether somebody is guilty or whether somebody is truly innocent. And so... The second instance, at least dealing with the topic of sin, as per the book of Proverbs, is found in the fifth chapter. And in Proverbs chapter 5, beginning in verse 22, we can read this. His own iniquity shall take the wicked himself, and he shall be holden with the cords of his sins. He shall die without instruction, and in the greatness of his folly, he shall go astray. Now that ends Proverbs chapter 5 and it ends on that note. But what it is dealing with is Mamzer. What it's dealing with is somebody who's allowed his mind to be muddied up and or mixed with all of these foreign concepts. Those fools that allowed their minds to be detached from God's word. Why? Well, it says right before verse 22 that the ways of a man are before the eyes of Yahweh and he pondereth all his goings. Tying perfectly into what I said this morning. That is that Yahweh God is the judge. Yahweh God will come along and he ponders all of man's goings. All of the Israelite men, women and children's acts and or works. So it is he and he alone, Yahweh God, who can judge a particular individual to heaven and hell. But it also says, his own iniquities shall take the wicked himself. They brought it upon themselves, dear kinsfolk. And that is the teaching of sin. Time and time again, man thinks they can sin and get by with it. And oftentimes, they may have the best intentions. They can sit there and they can be so right on one aspect, but neglect several other key elements. And oftentimes, much more simple teachings within the Word of God. For example, judge not. It says don't judge. You can justify that away time and time again and as much as you'd like. But the superficial core root still exists. That is what it says right there on the surface. Don't judge. Commandment. So, dear kinsfolk, do not judge. Why? Because only fools judge. And if we judge, well, we'll be taken within our own iniquities. Because that's what we're reading right here in Proverbs 5, verse 22. His own iniquities shall take the wicked himself. They reap what they sow, just as Jesus Christ promised. And so oftentimes, dear friends, you may find yourself praying for the devices of the wicked to come to naught. And that is a Christian mindset. That is, to... Pray that the wicked get entrapped within their own snares. That their own evil wishes that they project towards you will be revisited upon their own head and they will be taken within their own evil thoughts. But the only way to be able to do that is to keep your own thoughts under subjection. To keep your own thoughts pure. And in doing that, dear friends, you will be able to condemn those around you without so much as even lifting a finger, without so much as doing anything, but banking on those promises of God's Word. And one such promise is right here. The wicked shall be taken in their own iniquities, and he who, that sinner, shall be holden with the cords of his own sins. So again, dear kinsfolk, you reap what you sow. And it would do you very well to understand at least the biblical definition of sin that I've already partially covered this morning. That is, a transgression of the law. Why do I say that? 
because modern Judeo-Christianity today is completely antinomian. In fact, it has gone so far into apostasy that they have even gotten to the point that they consider God's moral law the offense. They say it was nailed to the cross. They say, oh, you're not to follow it. Yet, how is a God who never changes, how is His law ever even able to change? How is it somehow acceptable in this year 2013 to serve other gods, to bow to graven images, to disrespect and dishonor your mother and father, to steal, to kill, to covet? It simply is not. Because God's law is eternal. And just as He promised in His Word, these statutes, these ordinances, and these laws are for each and every generation. In fact, from generation to generation, meaning from umbilical cord to umbilical cord, each generation of Israelite believers is commanded to teach the law of God to the next. But now we live in the year 2013. We live in a year where the white race has become now a minority, where even married people, at least in America, have become the minority. I wonder if that has anything to do with the fact that we, as a nation, have embraced sin. In fact, we even downplay the aspect of it. We tune into our televisions, many of us, in prime time, and we watch abominable acts. We allow the enemy to come and downplay the grievousness of many of these things that are considered sin. And that is why this morning I'm covering this topic of sin, at least according to the book of Proverbs. Because acknowledgement of our sins is the first step. If we can't acknowledge that we're doing something wrong, then we will continue to do something wrong over and over and over. And history confirms this. The next teaching dealing with sin, as per the book of Proverbs, is found in the 8th chapter. And in the 8th chapter, beginning in verse 36, it says this. That is the very last verse of Proverbs chapter 8. He that sinneth against me wrongs his own soul. All they that hate me, who, Yahweh God, love death. Let me read that again for you this morning, so you'll understand what's being said. All they that hate Yahweh God, love death. Well, we know from Scripture that the wages of sin is death. And we also know that Jesus Christ and Yahweh God both say, If you love me, keep my commandments. So here we read in Proverbs chapter 8, verse 36, that he that sins... Meaning, he who transgresses Yahweh's law, well, he wrongs his own soul. Again, he reaps what he sows. And all they that hate Yahweh God, they love death. Why? Well, he is the way, he is the truth, he is the life. The only eternal life to be found down here, dear friends, is within Yahweh God. But the wages of sin truly is death. Therefore, those who are habitual sinners, those who go around even downplaying the importance of sin, saying, ah, it's okay to be gay, but you can never be a racist because they twist God's word. Well, you know what they do? They love death. They hate Yahweh God. If they loved Him, they would obey Him. They wouldn't define morality themselves. Rather, they would allow the word of God to define morality. They would adapt their lives as per God's wishes in the Word of God, as opposed to trying to invent a God in their own image and say, well, this is what Jesus Christ is, misleading the flock oftentimes. It says here in verse 35 of Proverbs chapter 8, Whoso findeth me, findeth life, and shall obtain favor of Yahweh God. But he that sinneth against me wrongs his own soul. 
All they that hate Yahweh God, well, they love death. And, unfortunately, that is what many of our Israelite kinsfolk do. They embrace sin. They embrace political correctness. They embrace whatever the modern dogmas or doctrines are at the time. But they don't embrace Yahweh's word. In fact, Yahweh's word oftentimes appears as foolishness to them. So when you come to them and you point out these simple things like, hey, Yahweh God's saying right here in Proverbs chapter 8 that if we sin, we wrong our own souls. That it is not Yahweh God who leads us down this path of apostasy. Rather, each man is enticed when they decide to do things their own way, as per the words of James. So it's a very important concept here. All they that hate Yahweh God love death. There is no gray area. If you hate God, you're embracing death. If you hate God, Yahweh God does not know you. You will be part of that left-hand company in judgment. That faithless, left-handed goat company, whom Yahshua Messiah says too, depart from me, I never knew you. Why does he say that? According to the gospel narratives. He says that because they like to practice iniquity. Iniquity also, dear friends, is a violation of Yahweh's law. It is sin, in a nutshell. And so, skipping over to Proverbs chapter 10, we're going to deal with the next instance of the topic of sin within the book of Proverbs. And in Proverbs chapter 10, beginning in verse 24, it says this, The fear of the wicked, it shall come upon him, but the desire of the righteous shall be granted. As the whirlwind passes, so is the wicked no more. But the righteous is an everlasting foundation. Understand that. Your righteous works, your righteous teachings, those are foundational. Meaning each generation can wax better under your leadership. It really truly only takes one particular person. This is why we can read in the Old Testament narrative, oftentimes Yahweh God would call whom the world oftentimes never expected. He would call them, and not only would He call them to righteousness, but they were able to change the destiny of their own bloodline from generation to generation. That is the works of one righteous man. And so it stands to reason, so also can one man destroy his entire life through the wages of sin. And if you do not believe me, dear kinsfolk, visit death row, visit any federal penitentiary, and you will talk to a million and one men who made a mistake. They transgressed even men's laws, and they're paying the consequence. Many are paying with their own life, the rest of their life, locked up behind bars. So we truly do reap what we sow oftentimes. We must do all that we can do to stay on that straight and narrow. Because one mistake, dear kinsfolk, can forever separate you from Yahweh God. It can forever separate you from your destiny. And that's exactly what we're reading about here in Proverbs chapter 10. Verse 24, the fear of the wicked, it comes upon them. Again, you reap what you sow. But the desire of the righteous shall be granted. How can you know what a righteous request is? Except within Yahweh's word. How could you even know what to pray for? Unless you're inclined to understand His Word, unless you stay within it. If we stay within Yahweh's Word, then we will truly become righteous, at least as righteous as we can become as we walk within the flesh. And if we truly are righteous, well, guess what? Our desires shall be granted. And what the author of Proverbs is saying here in chapter 10, verse 24 is this. If we are righteous, according to Yahweh, if we are close to His Word, close to His will, then those things that we ask in accordance with His Word will be granted. But on the same token, the desire of the wicked 
the fear of the wicked, it comes upon them. The very worst thing that a wicked man could think of is what takes him. And oftentimes, what takes a wicked man is the desires of his own heart. If you walk around as a wicked person, do not be surprised if Yahweh God sees you as one. Yahweh God has his word down here for a reason. It's not so your Bible will sit on the coffee table and gather dust. It's not so you can pull it out once a week, if you will, on Sundays and take it into church and hold it like a lucky rabbit's foot. It is for you to live by. It is for you to teach your children to teach their children by. And if we cannot do that, dear kinsfolk, then do not be surprised. The fear of the wicked, it comes upon them. The desire of the righteous shall be granted. But continuing on, verse 25 of Proverbs chapter 10. As the whirlwind passes, so is the wicked no more. But the righteous is an everlasting foundation. As vinegar to the teeth, as smoke to the eyes, so is the sluggard to him or them that send him. But the fear of Yahweh prolongs days, but the years of the wicked shall be shortened. Right here in Proverbs chapter 10, dear friends, we read that if we do it Yahweh's way, we can prolong our days on this earth. And while it is quite ironic that a majority of people are out there trying to add to their life, trying to live healthier lifestyles, they do not understand that the Bible tells you how to prolong your days on earth, and the only way to prolong that is to follow God's law. Period. And if we do not well, we will be wiped out. The fear of Yahweh, not the fear of man, that is, the reverence of our God, prolongs our days down here. Why? Because if you fear God, you'll obey what He says. And if you obey what He says, for example, the food laws, for example, His laws on adultery and miscegenation, then you also will not shorten your days, because the wages of sin is death. The more you sin, dear kinsfolk, the quicker you will age. You can see that in today's society, where many people who were yesterday celebrities, you look at them today and they're in their 30s, yet they look like they're in their 50s. That is the consequence, oftentimes, of living in sin so openly, so adamantly. And so skipping over to Proverbs chapter 11, we start reading in verse 5. It says this, The righteousness of the perfect shall direct his way. But the wicked shall fall by his own wickedness. Again, the wicked fall by their own wickedness. Meaning, it is their own devices. They're sinful. And as such, they die in their own sins. It is not because Yahweh God does not love them oftentimes. It's not because Yahweh God does not want them to come to repentance. It is because Yahweh God will not be made a liar. And if he tells you in his word that the wages of sin is death, and you habitually go out and commit the same sin over and over and over, well, guess what? You, being wicked, you'll fall by your own wickedness even in a physical sense, down here. But most assuredly in a spiritual sense, in judgment, you will fall by your own wickedness, by your own evil, rotten fruits. But the righteousness of the perfect directs his own way. Righteous man will be protected of Yahweh God because they do it his way. They incline, again, their heart to understand the morality of God. And as such, they, as Christians or Christian identists, are that much closer with God. They know the name. They know who he is. But not so for the Judeo-Christian. Rather, they walk around and they think God is some mythical 
construct out there. They say, God is the God of the Bible, but he doesn't want you to follow his law. He messed up in the Old Testament. He sent Jesus Christ to fix his own errors. This is not the God of the Bible. Righteousness of the perfect shall direct his way. What else? Proverbs chapter 11, verse 6. The righteousness of the upright shall deliver them, but transgressors shall be taken in their own naughtiness. When a wicked man dies, his expectation shall perish, and the hope of unjust men perishes. And indeed, that's true. Thank you for listening to the Covenant People's Ministry. If you have enjoyed hearing the message of the gospel and would like to be a part of our fellowship, or receive monthly newsletters where you can order Pastor Visser's CD sermons. Be sure to write to us at CPM, Post Office Box 256, Brooks, Georgia 30205. You can also visit us on the web at covenantpeoplesministry.com, where our extensive audio section features numerous broadcasts. You can easily listen to Pastor Visser by Godcast through your mobile audio device. Our phone number is 404-906-9009. Remember that Jesus Christ is our all and is in all that has been renewed in His Holy Spirit. So we hope that you will allow Him to lead your life and help to build His church so that when He returns, you will find faith upon this earth. We urge you to be a living example of Christian faith and apply His words to your lives. It's been a pleasure to have you with us, and now we will return to Pastor Visser's Bible study message. Nothing you can do down here matters, dear friends, unless it pertains to the Word of God. And irregardless of what you do, the only long-standing thing that will last after your death, meaning post-mortem, is anything you do for the establishment of Yahweh's kingdom. Those things you preach, those things you write, that deal with truth. But all these devices of wickedness, these evil inventions that man makes up, well, within time they're forgotten. And rightfully so. The only God designed it to be as such. So therefore, there is no true prophet within sin. Even down here. And as each generation waxes worse and worse, it is no more profitable to be sinful than it was for the generation before. What I'm saying is we must obey Yahweh God. There is a concept in the Bible called the sins of the Father. And oftentimes that is visited to each generation, quote-unquote, to them who hate Yahweh God. Only to them who hate Him. And if you raise your child to hate Yahweh God, then do not be surprised if your child's child and your great-great-grandchildren in each generation from your own son waxes worse and worse. Why? Well, they hate Yahweh God. They hate God. How do you expect them to ever be blessed? How do you expect them to ever know righteousness? And this is not too far removed from what me and pastors that I deal with oftentimes have to go through. We deal with white nationalists. They say they hate Yahweh God. They say that Jesus Christ is a Jew and all manner of abominations. They want to live their life according to comic books. They want to worship false gods like Odin and Thor and so forth. And they want to call you the hater. They want to call you the Judaizer and all of these other concepts. But understand here in Proverbs chapter 11, the wicked man dies, his expectation perishes, and the hope of unjust men also. But verse 8 says this, The righteous is delivered out of trouble, and the wicked comes in his stead. The only way to truly be delivered from troubles down here on earth is to be righteous, to follow Yahweh's word. And if we cannot do that, then we should not be surprised when we and each future generation that descends from us waxes worse and worse because we hate 
God. And we teach others to do so, which is probably one of the worst things we as Christians can do. And so, skipping one chapter over to Proverbs chapter 12, beginning in verse 13, it says this, The wicked is snared by the transgression of his lips, but the just shall come out of trouble. Understand this, the just and only the just. They are the only ones whom Yahweh God delivers out of mischief, out of trouble, out of hardships. But not so for the evil man. What we read about here in Proverbs chapter 12, verse 13, is the wicked is snared by the transgression of his own lips. Verse 14 of Proverbs chapter 12, A man shall be satisfied with the good by the fruit of his mouth, and the recompense of a man's hand shall be rendered unto him. What you reap, you will sow. What you do, your works, through your hands, dear kinfolk, will come back upon you. And oftentimes, to a lesser degree, and a more extreme one, to each generation that descends from you. The only way to truly know Yahweh God is to follow Him, to abstain from all appearance of evil, to abstain from sin, most especially. It says here over and over, a man shall be satisfied with the good by the fruit of his mouth. The righteous is more excellent than his neighbor, but the way of the wicked seduces him. That, of course, is verse 26 in this same chapter. But verse 26 says, The righteous is more excellent than his neighbor, but the way of the wicked seduces him. The way of the wicked is able to seduce each and every one of us, and oftentimes we don't even consider it sinful. We, as Adamites, oftentimes will promote, for example, the motion picture industry. We'll support the Jews' papers. We'll give them money as opposed to Christian identity ministries. And we also oftentimes can be seduced. How can we be seduced? Well, the first thing a man does when he's seduced is to justify his life within the Word of God. For example, Jesus Christ says, Judge not. But the unrighteous man is the type of man who will come along and say, Well, judge doesn't mean judge. It means discern. Judge doesn't really mean what it means. God is not really judge. I am. They'll find a reason to self-justify within Scripture. If they have a heart inclined to polygamy, well, they'll find within the Word of God at least what they believe. Verses that will fit their agenda. If they want to believe that the law was taken away with, well, they'll pick and choose verses from Paul's epistles. They'll say, well, there it is. The word of God is done away with. But whose fault is it if you are seduced by the wicked? Whose fault is it if we are not more righteous, more excellent than our own neighbors? Well, that would be your fault, dear friend. So... Skipping up again, one more chapter to Proverbs chapter 13, we will read another dealing with the concept of sin. In verse 5 it says this, A righteous man hates lying, but a wicked man is loathsom and comes to shame. Let's read that again. A righteous man, a man who seeks out righteousness, hates lying. Do you hate lying, dear friends? Or are you one of these types of Christian identists who will go from show to show? Listen to this particular person gossip and slander about another particular pastor. Give him license to sin by promoting him. Saying, well, he must be a watchman. Therefore, it's okay for him to judge. It's okay for him to violate Jesus' teachings. Many of us will do that. Many of us will seek to justify our own desires, including the wicked, and that is the reason why Yahweh God visits the desires of the wicked upon their own head. You truly do reap what you sow. You truly are judged in the same manner in which you judge others. And I might add, dear friends, when you hear people within Christian identity 
or at least professing to be, spending all their time judging, spending all their time slandering. Yahweh's word says that the very reason they engage in those behaviors is so you can mark them, not promote them. Not come along and say it's okay for them to attack this particular pastor. But they engage within gossip. They engage within slander. Why? Because they know not God. They can't know God. And that is why they engage in those behaviors. They engage in them so you can see the fruits of the wicked. So you can mark them as a false prophet. But many of you don't. You come along and you say, well, this person's a watchman. He can break the law of God and attack this person. It does not work, dear kinsfolk. The ends never justify the means. It does not matter if you are eventually found out to be true. Gossip is gossip. Slander is slander. And again, the ends don't justify the means. It doesn't matter if a particular person you slandered comes out later and happens to be what you wanted them to be. It does not erase the fact that you violated God's law going out the gate. And many of us do this. So... Be a righteous man. Hate lying. Many people out there professing to be Christian and Christian identity, that's all they do. They lie all the time. And to a lesser degree, they'll even lie about God's word and say, this is what it says. You, as the listener, you, as the faithful Zadok remnant, must be able to understand if they're lying or not. How do we do that? Well, John seventeen seventeen, thy word is truth. Jesus is the living word. He says, I am the way, I am the truth, I am the life. If Jesus doesn't say it, if the word of God doesn't say it, then that particular person's lying. For example, Jesus says, judge not. When you see a man judging, you should know he doesn't know God. He hates his brother. Period. Now, of course, you as the listener should know that they'll say, well, so-and-so isn't my brother. He's a Jew. He's a Red Creek uh, engine. Whatever excuse they may come up with. Does that somehow disannul the word of God? Do you see provisions within it? Thou shalt not judge, except, unless. I do not, dear kinsfolk, because they do not exist. So, hate lying. Why? Because wicked men do not. Skipping up to Proverbs chapter 22. And we read in Proverbs chapter 22, verse 8. He that soweth iniquity shall reap vanity, but the rod of his anger shall fail. Now, I covered this on our Friday night Bible study, dear friends. That the behavior of anger, the emotion that many of us walk around with, it's natural. We were created in Yahweh's image, and Yahweh oftentimes is angry. But we are not to be angry, at least all the time. And that is why Scripture says to go nowhere with an angry man. That an angry man profits little. And here we read in the 22nd chapter of Proverbs, verse 8, what? He that sows iniquity, that's lawlessness, they reap vanity. They don't reap any reward. And Solomon says in Ecclesiastes, all is vanity. Everything you do under the sun, everything you do down here on earth truly is vanity. Unless it is for the establishment and promotion of Yahweh's kingdom. That lasts. For example, many people may know and are familiar with the sermons of Wesley Swift. But how many of you know how he lived his life? How many of you knew him on a personal level? Most of us did not. The reason for that is because God's word rings true. And you in the year 2013, 20, 30 years after Dr. Swift's death can still be reached, can still be edified by his teachings. But all those things Dr. Swift did in the average course of life, 
Like holding a job, building a wall, planning a garden. Well, now in this year, 2013, it's as dust. It was vanity. It does not last. Only righteousness, only truth will stand. Why? Truth is manifest. It's fixed. It's forever locked within the word of God. Thy word is truth. God gives us this truth so you have the upper hand, so you have the blessed assurance, so you will know when the false prophet comes. But the only way to know is to incline your heart, to understand it, to refrain from iniquity, to do all the things that the word of God says, to not sow iniquity and or lawlessness, because if we do, we will reap vanity, according to Proverbs 22, 8. And the rod of our anger, an angry man, well, it will fail. So, the next teaching on sin, according to Proverbs, is found in the 27th chapter of Proverbs. And while we move over, dear kinsfolk, I again want to invite you to swing by each and every Friday evening at 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time for the Covenant People's Radio's Friday Night Bible Studies. Indeed, we are now hosting them on Friday nights, and oftentimes we're still releasing some of our back-cataloged MP3s and pulpit sermons on the old time slot of Wednesday at 7 p.m. So, I'd invite you to join us over there each and every Friday on the Talk Shoe Radio Network. But in Proverbs chapter 27, verse 8, we read, As a bird that wanders from her nest, so is a man that wanders from his place. Period. Ointment and perfume rejoice in the heart, and so does the sweetness of a man's friend by and hearty counsel. So, as a bird who wanders from her nest, so also is a man that wanders from his place. What is your place but to follow Yahweh's word? If you are not following Yahweh's word verbatim, or at least aspiring to, then the word of God attributes you to as a bird. More specifically, as a bird that wanders from your nest, meaning you're out of your element, you are out of your place, you are out of what God called you to do. You are far from home. You're out there, for lack of a better term to paraphrase, in left field. As a bird that wanders from her nest, so is a man who wanders from his place. Proverbs chapter 28, the very first verse, skipping over just a few paragraphs. It says this, The wicked flee when no man pursues, but the righteous are as bold as a lion. For the transgression of a land, many are the princes thereof. But by a man of understanding and knowledge, the state thereof shall be prolonged. Again, just like prolonging our days, the only way we can prolong ourselves as a nation is, guess what? To refrain from sin. To refrain from iniquity. To refrain from violating Yahweh's law confirmed right here. The wicked flee when no man pursues. Why? Because oftentimes they're paranoid and they're looking over their shoulder and they should flee when no man pursues. They should live in a perpetual state of paranoia like this. That is the way God designed it. Why? They have no blessed assurance. They're wicked. But on the same token, the righteous are as bold as a lion. For the transgression of the land, there are many princes thereof. If you want to transgress, there's a million and one avenues for you to go and engage in sin and or iniquity. That's what the Word of God is saying. And we live in a land that is replete with a million and one distractions. Through the media, through the motion picture industry, even through the comic book industry. There are a million and one Jews out there promoting a fictional, skewed version or interpretation of what reality is. 
the Word of God says right here, does it not? The only way to prolong our state, our life down here on earth, is by a man of understanding. By being men of understanding and knowing, or the knowledge of Yahweh's Word. And there is a difference between wisdom and understanding. We can be wise. We can have street smarts. We can even be wise within this very word of God. For example, we can memorize verse after verse after verse. But if we don't know who the players are, we do not have understanding. And that is why it says right here, But by a man of understanding and knowledge, the state thereof shall be prolonged. Do not transgress the law of God, dear kinsfolk. Why? Because you will die. Truly, the wages of sin is death. And while we read time and time again, I believe this morning we've already covered an upwards of 10 verses from the book of Proverbs, all dealing with this concept of iniquity and sin. Every time we sin, we are consumed. Wages of sin truly is death. This is the whole teaching of the Bible. And we can sit here and we can argue over whether it's Adam's fault, whether it's Eve's fault. But what we really need to focus on is the fact that each and every one of us has the propensity to sin. And if we understand by being meek that we also can fail, that we also can have a skewed understanding and a skewed knowledge, that should keep you on the straight and narrow. But when man gets lifted up in ego, when man starts thinking they suddenly have a special relationship with God, and suddenly the word of God and all these laws forbidding gossip, slander, and so forth, don't pertain to us, then we become like those very Pharisees that we read about at the beginning of John chapter 8. They were they who wanted to exercise the law of God. In fact, they were the ones who wanted to judge as opposed to carry out sentence. And even they, those Pharisees, did not carry out sentence as per Yahweh's law. They lifted themselves up and said, let's kill this whore. But the law of God says that an adulterer and an adulteress are to be put to death at the same time. Because many of those Pharisees were hypocrites. And I venture to even say that many of them had sexual relations with the very woman they wanted to destroy. But this is what happens each time when we want to play judge. When we want to stone according to our own rule. One jot, one tittle removed from God's law. From what he says. If God's law says that an adulterer is to be put to death, the man and the woman both. Then you better put to death both the man and the woman. But man, according to his own rule, oftentimes says, you know what, I'm going to judge a miss. I'm going to judge half of what God's law says. Why? Because God accepts me, but he doesn't accept this sinner. God's sacrifice is good enough for them, is it not? Yet they will never seemingly make a sacrifice for any other person. Jesus Christ says, feed those who are hungry, clothe those who are naked. That requires a sacrifice. Do you see the hypocritical Pharisee doing that? No. What you'll see is them attacking the genuine time and time again. Why? They're tares thrown in amongst the wheat. And as a result, all they can do is choke the genuine wheat company. All they can do is attack those who truly preach the word of God, who truly do love their neighbor. So, the wicked truly does flee when no man pursues. In Proverbs chapter 29, we will deal with the second to the last verse of this morning. But in Proverbs chapter 29, beginning in verse 6, we can read this. In the transgression of an evil man there is a snare, but the righteous does sing and rejoice. The righteous considers the cause of the poor, but the wicked regardeth not to know it. 
Understand this. The wicked don't even know how to address those issues of the poor. And as a result, because they're so lifted up in themselves, in their own greed, their own vanity, their own lasciviousness, well, all they can do is transgress. They violate the law of God. And in violating, quote-unquote, transgression, an evil man leaves a snare. A snare for others to fall into. Oftentimes, this can be false dogma. This can even be false works by the example they set down by how they live. Many can follow a person's pernicious ways. But that does not disannul them. In judgment, you cannot blame Billy Graham. You cannot judge this particular pastor or this particular reverend. What you choose to accept as truth, time and time again, dear kinsfolk, it is your fault. It's your responsibility. It is what you choose to believe. And so, the final verse that I want to touch upon this Sunday morning. In Proverbs chapter 30, beginning in verse 20, it says this, Such is the way of an adulterous woman. She eats, she wipes her mouth, and says, I've done no wickedness. Understand it. The way of the wicked is to say, I've done no wickedness. The truly guilty always spend all their time trying to prove to everyone else they're innocent. And the way of an adulterous woman is to sit there, sup with you. She'll have eyes full of adultery. She could even be sleeping with your own husband, female listeners. And she'll wipe her mouth and say, I've done no evil. Because they justify adultery within the word of God. They justify it within their own heart. And they're the ones who come along and they say, I've done no evil. I've been divorced, even though the word of God says I shouldn't be. And they presume to speak for Yahweh God. Each and every one of us can put blinders on. Each and every one of us can assume to be pure within our own eyes. Each and every one of us can be just like this adulterous woman we read about in Proverbs chapter 30. Again, such is the way of an adulterous woman. She eats, she wipes her mouth, and says, I've done no wickedness. And so, man can self-aggrandize, he can self-justify. He can sit there and say, well, I'm not a woman. And many of you will. They'll come along and you'll say, well, I'm not a woman, therefore I cannot be an adulteress. As if that somehow makes this teaching uh, any less effect. The reality of it is this. Sin is a grievous aspect. And, in essence, we've only dealt with the tip of the proverbial iceberg on the teachings and Proverbs dealing with sin. But I wanted to center in on what I believe to be some key verses to arm you. So you'll understand that in this book of wisdom, this book of knowledge and understanding, it teaches you what happens. And it parallels perfectly to Jesus' own teachings. The wages of sin is death. Judge not. How a man judges is how we will be judged. It parallels perfectly to Yahweh's promises that He made within His law. That if we obey, we will prolong our days upon the face of the earth. But if we do not obey, if we engage in iniquity, our days will be shortened. The only way, dear friends, that you can prolong your days, the only way that you can live a good, fruitful, prosperous, righteous, and blessed life down here in this earth age on Yahweh's green earth is to obey His law. And you should be doing that anyway, dear friends, because if you truly fear God, that fear will lead you to faith, and faith leads you to action. You cannot sit and say, I believe, and go out and engage in sin and expect Yahweh God to accept you in judgment. Again, I've referenced it probably every sermon this month that I've released. But Jesus Christ says to those on his left, depart from me. What we need to understand about Jesus' judgment to the goats and the sheep, 
that we read about in the book of Revelation and other places is this. That those foolish left-handed goats profess to be Christian. They said, did we not do marvelous works? Did we not cast out demons in your name, Jesus Christ? And Jesus says, depart from me, I never knew you. Why? Because they practiced and or practiced iniquity. And in practicing iniquity, dear kinsfolk, they were engaging in sin. Their belief did not save them. The fact that they themselves believed that they knew a Jesus Christ, even though Jesus never heard their voice, did not save them in judgment. This allows Jesus Christ to say, depart from me. But he says to those on his right hand, the sheep company, he says, enter in. My faithful servant. If you are faithful, then you will obey. And part of being faithful Christian is abstaining from all appearance of evil. Is abstaining from wickedness, which is sin. And so... This is Pastor Visser once again from Brooks, Georgia and the Covenant People's Church and Ministry inviting you to swing by our website which is accessible on the World Wide Web at covenantpeoplesministry.org and inviting you also to write to us. The address will be given in less than 30 seconds. And so, until next time, this is Pastor Visser wishing you and yours great studies, war for Christ. Amen. Thank you for listening to this message. We hope that you have enjoyed studying with us. Remember the words that Christ has given, that wherever two or three are gathered in my name, there I am in the midst of them. We hope that you will gather together with us at the online ministry's website, which is covenantpeoplesministry.com, and share your Christian testimonies or ask questions and enjoy biblical fellowship. You can also order CDs of Pastor Visser's Bible Studies and enjoy many other Christian resources through the church's website or write to Covenant People's Ministry, Post Office Box 256, Brooks, Georgia 30205. Our phone number is 404-906-9009. Thanks again, and may the love of Christ abide in you and yours forever and ever. Amen.